Welcome back to the Fangirl Forum. I'm your host, Meredith Loftus, a.k.a. your friendly neighborhood fangirl. Unless you've been living under a rock, the first season of Bridgerton came to Netflix like a wrecking ball. It was quite the scandalous, posh escape that we were all looking for, that we needed during these turbulent times. So it really came as no surprise when Netflix announced that season two was coming and it would focus on the second book in the Bridgerton series, The Viscount Who Loved Me. Now, full disclosure, I have not read the books, but but luckily my guest today has joining me back on the Fangirl Forum. She's the Leslie Nope to my Ron Swanson, my friend and the host of the Lady Geek Society podcast. Welcome back, Yusini Sophia. Oh my gosh. Hello. Hi. Hi, hi. I'm, I'm so glad you had me on for this. I mean, how could I not have you on for this? I mean, you have been hyping up this series for months. The show comes out. You're putting up character analysis on marvelous geeks you have this new podcast going episode by episode like when i was thinking about oh yeah i should probably do a podcast episode about Bridgerton. there was really only one person that i had to have on for this so i'm just thankful you decided to do this well i'm very honored to have been your choice i i went head deep for this one (laughs) yeah like okay how did you know about these books? How were you introduced to Bridgerton? And were you keeping up with it when Netflix was saying like, oh, this series is coming? I did not know about it then. I found out, about, I knew I had to read these books because my friend Annie kept typing me up about them. She was like, you have to read these books. You have to read them. She was like, get through the first. And that was the problem. because She was like, listen, the first book is not that good get through it. I promise you're going to be happy. And I was just lagging, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I finally did. And so probably I found out about it when, I don't know if the full cast was in when I found out about it, but I I think they might have been. I'm not sure. But like fully started looking into everything obsessively, basically started happening during the pandemic when I was like, I need something happy to look forward to. When is the show coming out? When? And they would not announce it. There was nothing. There, it was so much secrecy that there weren't even set pictures. Yeah. The leading up to Bridgerton, I felt like there were rumblings about it, but you really didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know much about it. And yeah, like we didn't really have like, set footage or upcoming stuff about it with work so I really was like oh here's this new show coming out yeah it's it's interesting how there was nothing that it was so secret for a book that's been out for 20 years yeah which now is a good point to point out spoilers ahead sorry for a book series that's been out for 20 years slash season one hate to break it to you it's just gonna happen sorry not sorry yeah i know i stopped tagging spoilers i'm caring <laughs> i was like it's been a month 
Come on, guys. If you care, you're going to block Bridgerton. You're not going to go anywhere near it if you really do not want spoilers. But I feel like you would not be this far behind and not wanting spoilers. Yeah, exactly. Have you read all of the books? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you More truly... So you truly are going to be like an encyclopedia of knowledge Mm -hmm. uh, for this. (laughs) More than once. Is it fair to say, uh, me knowing nothing much about the books, is your favorite book The Viscount Who Loved Me? What makes you think that? I have no idea. (laughs) Could it be the Kate Sheffield sweater I'm wearing? Yeah, if this were a video podcast, like the world could see your fantastic sweater you're wearing right now. The Viscount who loved me, I firmly believe, is also objectively the best book. That's what it seems like across the board when I have been on Twitter looking at, you know, people tweet about Bridgerton and especially for people who aren't who weren't really sold in on season one, the consistent thing I've seen is like, but you have to get to season two. Mm-hmm. Like that is where you'll get it or you'll fall in love with this love story in particular like that. It's everything, you know? Because that was my issue with the book. I read the first book and I was like, no. And I had to be bullied, like keep going. I promise you, go and read the second one. You're not going to look back after that. And I was just like, uh, okay. And it, it took a while. It took a few months for me to pick up the second book and be like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And then there was no going back after that. <laughs> nice. Okay. So yeah, you read the first book. You weren't sold on it. For them adapting that book into season one, of Bridgerton, how do you think they did? Did it improve the book for you? Like, what were your overall thoughts for season one? 100%. Like, I would not read the entirety of the first book over again. I'll skim through it because there are some really great parts to it. But there is something that happens that I feel everyone knows about at this point that the series touched on, but did a much better job of handling it. And so it improved their love story so much. And also the cast really helped with that. Mm -hmm. It's impossible not to love Simon and Daphne when we have Reggae Jean Page and Phoebe Genevar playing them. It's impossible. (laughs) So I'm really glad they did that because it it would have worried me if it was very similar to the books and people came out of it saying, yeah, no, I'm not sold on this. And what if we didn't get a season two in that case? I feel like every book fan would be like heartbroken if that were the case, you know? So I, I was very impressed with how they handled it. And I still had high expectations because this is Shondaland. And so I trusted her to adapt something like this and to make it inclusive and to just make it more aware of today's society as well. So I had high expectations, but I still, I didn't think that, I would go in and actually be like, these two just climbed my chart. Mm -hmm. So I'm really impressed that that happened. I guess that's reassuring because I will say for me, watching season one, while I thoroughly enjoyed it and ended up watching it, I think within two days, Mm -hmm. 
Simon and Daphne were the hardest ones to really love off the bat. Like I had seen this trope in fanfic a million times over. Like how many times have we seen, oh, we're fake dating to get out of this. And then just kidding, we've kind of fallen in love. And then I've definitely read the fanfics. You're like, just kidding. We're also getting married and we're still not sure how we feel about each other. So, which I get now, which, you know, I kind of get maybe they have gotten those fanfics got it from the Duke and I fine I accept that but I was I was watching it I'm like oh my gosh Simon of course you're gonna like you're going to marry this woman and you're going to be a father one day I really don't see another way around it but it was just kind of like okay they got together now they're just gonna get over this next hurdle and we'll be fine you know and I just found myself more interested I think in the like secondary stories that were going on I think they were the they were the things that were like keeping me hanging on when I was about to be like ah, I don't know about this anymore and then be like nope just kidding I'm in but at the end of it I'm glad they're together like I'm glad we got that out of the way and they did kind of sell it on me in the end and I do agree the actors chemistry like if there was anything to hang it on it was their uh their chemistry it was fantastic i would have i don't think because again i'm not that biggest fan of the story either and i also just i hate the man that's always like i'm not gonna do this thing to kill the line and it's just like you're gonna do that thing you're gonna I do the thing not deal with that trope more than the fake dating i can deal with fake dating i like fake dating but i hate that whole like I'm not going to carry the line. I will not sire, babe. And this is something that happens so much in historical romance that I'm always just like, oh God, you're going to do the thing. But it worked. In the end, I was like, I like you too. I'm excited to see you two back as mm-hmm. briefly as they come back. But um, yeah, they and the secondary stuff was a plus. The secondary stuff. Can we just go ahead and talk about how much I love Penelope and Colin? Oh, of course. They I love are, them so much. I don't trust people who don't love Penelope and Colin. From episode one, the writing was on the wall. I'm like, oh, I'm going to love these two, aren't I? Uh, people have their favorites. And there's people that like hate some of my favorites and all that. And it's fine. But anytime someone doesn't like Penelope and Colin, I'm just, I'm questioning you. <laughs> Why? How? They're so pure. And I just, oh, young love, you know, and unrequited. And oh my gosh, spoilers. She's Lady Whistledown. And the fact that she wrote about him as much as she did talking about how he's like going after Marina, like, (laughs) dang woman, she's strong. I cannot wait to get to Penelope's season Mm -hmm. because in the Duke and I, she doesn't have that big of a role. In The Viscount Who Loved Me, she also doesn't. She does. She has a little bit of a bigger role, but she's really just in the background so much. And the series brought her to the center, rightfully so. And so leading up to her season is just going to be glorious because we have so much on her already. So with Penelope season, which book is it? And do you find out about Lady Whistledown's identity in that book or... Was it revealed in like an earlier book? It's book four, 
So mm-hmm. Romancing Mr. Bridgerton is Penelope and Colin's story. And you oh. do find out in that book. However, the newer copies have the second epilogues in them. And in the second epilogue to, I believe it's the Viscount Who Loved Me second epilogue, that talks about them being together and says something. And then Kate also says, you know, she writes about, Whistledown writes about Colin a lot. And so if you're paying attention, which I wasn't the first time, because I was just reading the love stories, I didn't even think we'd get Lady Whistledown's identity. I didn't think it was that important. Mm-hmm. But once you start picking it apart and you're trying to look for it, there are so many instances where you're like, ah, it's Penelope. <laughs> and especially with the Viscount who loved me because she's so good to Kate. Ooh. That you're like, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get it. So yeah, the fourth book, which is just, it's, it's probably the least problematic book. Amazing. And the sweetest just a joy that makes me happy because the couple overall to me seems really unproblematic so I'm that makes me super happy also I just want to say something that I love about season one is that we do have the identity of Lady Whistledown my biggest thing about Gossip Girl is like they kept teasing us for years and then the final episode it's revealed And I'm glad they didn't do that. They're like, nope, we're going to tell you at the end of season one. And it's not going to be a mystery. But it also gives us new context in which to look at, A, going back to season one and watching it over, which I rewatched some scenes before doing this. And I was like, oh, yeah, so great. But then like for season two and like what they can do there within that, I guess, of maybe seeing a little, maybe we'll see Penelope right, you know? I um, can't wait to see them weave in how she gets it done. Does she have help? Yeah. Does anyone else know? Even if they don't know her identity, who are the people working behind the scenes with her? Mm-hmm. Anything and everything we get with Penelope here on out, I'm so excited for, because that was one of my biggest worries. I was just like, what if they do try to change the identity of Whistledown to make it more Gossip Girl, Pretty Little Liars, all of mm-hmm. these shows that have that mystery element? That was one of my biggest worries that they would potentially change that. And I was just like, no, I do not want that. No. And I think that even make another thing that makes it even more exciting is like how close Louise is going to get to fine because she is obsessed like she wants to find her that's her role model that's her idol that's also her best friend like ah I love that and does she find out in the books at all like is that something they could potentially like tweak with at all in this she does and I do hope they do tweak it because Eloise also has a secret in her book don't know how much you want revealed um I mean uh Again, these books came out a while ago, so all of this is out in the open. I don't feel bad necessarily about spoilers, so... Okay, but do you want to know this spoiler? No, never mind. Okay, so Eloise also has a secret. She's writing something, and it leads, essentially, Colin to actually question her and whether or not she's whistled down. So I wonder how that's going to play out in the story, because... Penelope and Eloise's story kind of takes place at the same time. Okay. Reveal happens. Eloise is doing her big reveal thing, whatever she's doing. So 
one of my biggest complaints is that I want those two to talk about what's happening. And I mm. really hope we do get there. I hope Penelope knows where Eloise is headed. And I hope that Eloise knows she's Penelope before the big reveal. Ooh. That's one thing I'm really hoping the series changes and gives to us. Yeah, for real. Or, okay, not for real because I know exactly what you're talking about, but I could imagine that would be too big of a moment to not have it serve them both well and do the do that justice, I yeah. guess. Especially because they've spent so much time in the first season establishing that Eloise is looking for Penelope that I feel it will whistle down. But at this point, if they kind of go that route, it would just, it would be so strange. Unless at some point she completely gives up and she's like, I'm done trying to figure out who she is. I'm doing my own thing. But still, they're best friends. I want them to be in these big moments together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely one of the highlights of season one was their friendship. Oh, yeah. They also just have the best ship names. I hate the ship names on this show so much. Wait, what's their ship name? Like their friendship name, Penelope. Uh, Penelope. That's cute. Everything else kind of sucks. So I just, everything about them is perfect. And their friendship is just gold. Yeah. What do you even call it? Cathany? Yeah, I, I, I don't like it. <sighs> And then pollen just makes me think of pollen. From yeah. Flowers. Like, yeah. Pollen, like the thing that's yellow makes and it makes you sneeze. That's so terrible. So, but I love them. I ship them. I do too. <laughs> they just needed better ship names. But yeah, Penelope and Eloise are just some of the best parts throughout the series. Yes. Agree. 100% agree. Also, we got to give it up for the queen. She in season one, she's fantastic. She, I honestly wanted more of her. I was so I was honestly very worried when they added a new character, just mm-hmm. because I was like, how much time are they going to give to her? And I'm, am I going to care? Mm-hmm. But I came out of it just like, I thank you. What? And my mom as well. She was just like, I wanted more of the queen. I was like, I know. It's like, and it's so strange to be attached to a character that is not in the books. Oh, she's not in the books. No. Oh my gosh. Then she's even more exactly. incredible in my eyes. Whoa. So I'm just like, I cannot wait for the drama you will cause in later seasons. Oh yeah. She's the queen. She has access to everything. I have a feeling she's going to find out who Whistledown really is. Like, I would love she's that. She's going to hire somebody else and then like she'll summon her or something and maybe they'll It'll get a partnership. Crazy. I would love that. To see how she plays out, yeah. I was really convinced it was Lady Danbury, though. I was sitting there like, there's no other person. She she is alone. She's got the time of her life. She is in all of the social circles. Like, it's got to be her. So I was I was impressed that they fooled me. Yes, but Daphne's right. Lady Danbury is not going to hide her opinions. She's going to say it straight to your face. This is true. This is true. But still, you know, just yeah. having on the side, like, if just, anybody, she was, she and the queen were high up on my list because, like, you know, create your own drama, write your own pamphlet. <laughs> what What did you love most about this first season? So much. 
but more of the family stuff that we got because Mm -hmm. specifically with Benedict's character who is so in the shadows that I literally had to put on like my English major goggles and analyze the daylights out of his book, find little bits and pieces from other books to be like, yes, okay, this makes sense. And so they gave him so much more before his book that I'm just so glad people are attached to him and people care about him. Cause I was always just like, I'm ready to fight anyone who calls him boring. And so that's just one of the things I really appreciated that they gave the characters that don't really have a say in this first story, because it, it's mainly Simon, Daphne, and then Anthony, mm-hmm. so part of the story. But the rest of the Bridgertons, you just kind of hear about them, you know about them. They don't have as big of a role and they don't have their own stories. So I'm really glad that they gave them their own stories and that they all felt like a family. It's bizarre. I still can't grasp the fact that they're not related. I was really impressed with their family scenes as well. The closeness you just felt between all of them. It was, Mm -hmm. it felt so natural. It reminded me, it kind of reminded me of the Bennett family and Pride and Prejudice, honestly. Them at the dinner table, like, I felt like I was entering into their space and it was just like free and fun and, you know, talking over each other and like close like that. And it was really nice to see. Yeah, and more than the romances, this family is just, they're the heart of the series. All of them and their individual dynamics with people is just, it's perfect. You get so attached to them that you're just like, I want to be a Bridgerton, adopt me. As let me time travel back to Regency era and jump into this fictional world and adopt me, please and thank you. Yep. Is there anything that you are hoping that they improve upon in season two in particular? Like based on like what you saw in season one, what are the things that you, what are you hoping like they can like tone up a bit more, do something different, et cetera, I guess. How much time do you got? (laughs) I mean, we've got plenty of time, you know, that's kind of the beauty of this podcast. (laughs) The Viscount Who Loved Me is truly the greatest book in this series. So there's there's a lot of hopes and dreams that I have for the adaptation. But more than any, one of the things that it's it's such a small detail, but I want to see more of Francesca. Mm-hmm. She is she's kind of isolated in this the books as well. And I don't want that because I want to be attached to her. So I want to see her story in the beginnings of it because she kind of again do you want to know I'll take it it's fine her her first husband passes away Mm. and so her story is is basically with her husband's cousin got it her brother I think it's cousin so I want to see that first step with the husband the, the first one just have her actually be there in the family that's one thing I really want to see but also really touching on Anthony's anxiety, which I think they will do because they've done such a good job of showing that he is not okay. Mm-hmm. So getting more into that. Again, with Whistledown, I want to see how she actually does things. And there's just so much of this book that I want. <laughs> Hopefully, we're. I'm almost positive we'll get the flashback with... Edmund Bridgerton's death 
because you know we, we, we talked about him. Violet talked about him, mm-hmm. and we got Simon's flashback. So the prologue is actually the flashback of his death in the book. Okay. I'm really hoping we actually get that and it's not something they tell us, but rather Mm -hmm. something they show us. Mm. And more of Anthony being the father that he actually was to his younger siblings because basically Eloise down, he played the role of their father. Mm. And so we didn't get to see most of that, which I understand because again, it was not his season. But I want to see those moments of how much he's actually done and had to do when since he was 18 and why he's so messed up about it all because that's a lot to put on a kid and 18 is a kid you cannot tell me that they are an adult no 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 definitely not yeah not adults yeah I think I mean Anthony was a character that like I didn't care about in the beginning and by the end of the season I was like oh I kind of feel bad for you I want good things for you I just don't know what that is yet yeah and I mean and then after I finished of course it was like bring on Kate like that's what's coming next and so who is this Kate who is who is Miss Kate Sheffield or is that how you say her name Sheffield yes okay great who's this Kate Sheffield like what is she gonna do that's make me care about Anthony more, which it sounds like the, uh, his anxiety and like the weight of responsibility that he had to take on as head of the family, I think is very important. And I want, I do want to get, I want to get into the weeds of that kind of stuff. But I'm also, I just want to know how these two people that I don't, or especially this one person I don't know about like wreck his world and then they fall madly in love and I can't wait for this (laughs) you really can't like it's you should read the book why aren't you reading the book do you know how long these books are on back order do you not realize how I've been trying to get the books (laughs) are you not can you not read digitally I can read digitally but there's just something about having a physical copy book that I just personally like a lot more than I do a Ken- reading on a Kindle or an iPad or something. So, yeah. I mean, I've read plenty of fanfic that way. It's not the end of the world, but thankfully I've got some time, you know, because, you, you know, time. they have already done some fittings for season two. They're expected to film as early as this spring. So like I have time, but at the same time, like I wish I read the books at some point or even read like the first two books before season one came out, you know? So I had more of a context of what to bring into it, but I'm also glad I didn't because then I got to just come into it fresh and be like, Ooh, this is interesting and get to enjoy the story that they tell and be like, Ooh, now I get to like read the books and like, see, Ooh, I missed that. Or like, Ooh, they did this thing, you know? Yeah. Cause I bet like, people who didn't know were just like what is the deal with the bees what yeah. is happening? the bees and then the the pal pal mal pal mal yes oh, no it's actually i think it's pal mal because english 
English, you know, the Paul Mall. I know this thing is coming. I know it's a big deal. I just don't know what it is. Or like, oh, did you not, you missed that reference at the end of the season. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. (laughs) It's it's so interesting though, because I, like I said, I've I've read this book too many times. It's really embarrassing, but I reread it again this weekend and I was reading it knowing everything we know about the series and everything we've seen in this series I was just losing my mind because of how much they had sprinkled in Mm -hmm. with Anthony's character that I just floored me like the pocket watch I was just about to ask about the watch I'm like they zoomed in on this watch quite a bit I think I saw you tweet about the watch before like what I know it was his dad's. Is there significance to this thing? So in the books... You can spoil. It's fine. Okay. He, Anthony, is fully convinced that there is no way he is going to live past his father's life. So his father died at 38. Mm-hmm. He He's convinced that he's going to die at 38 or sometime before. That he's just... There's no way he's going to live past that. And their father died. He's, he was stung by a bee. Oh. And so it wrecked them because who 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 talked of allergies back then, especially a bee allergy? I'm just terrified of bees. So like, yeah. that's my worst way to go. Exactly. Uh, and I've always wanted to know, is, is it the same with wasps? But that's the thing. He's, he's terrified that he's going to die. And nobody knows about this, not even his own family. He does not plan on telling anybody. It's just something that he firmly believes he knows that this is going to happen to him. Spoiler alert, he does not die. And I love that there's like a little passage at the end of the book where Julia Quinn says that like, Anthony's not allergic to bees and he lives to like the ripe age of 90 something. Oh my gosh. So he makes it, but he's, he's terrified of bees. And so time for him is really just... It's more than time. And so there's that moment in season, uh, episode three where Violet says, what time do you have? And like, you just kind of look at his face and he's just like, what, what did you ask me? Mm. But she's just literally asking him about the time because even his mother doesn't know this. Nobody knows this. Mm. And it's not something he even planned to tell Kate. He just accidentally blurted it out. Oh, I it, love moments like that. It's really freaking interesting. And like you... You think it's ridiculous because it kind of sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But when you think about the fact that it's a trauma from the parent he was closest to, the parent that he, and he, there's this really innocent moment in the prologue where he says that like, it's not that he's the favorite child, but he's known him the longest. Mm. So he's just so attached to Edmund that he, he does not believe he'll ever live up to the kind of person his father was. And so he takes all this with him along with this trauma because who's dealing with trauma in the 19th century nobody or not well (laughs) like and especially men they're just told to sire and keep going and produce heirs and that's it you can't have emotions so this is something that he, he carries with him and this woman rocks his world because she has her own fears stemmed from her own childhood trauma man bonding over childhood trauma gosh i can't wait the hurt comfort 
in this is just excellent. Oh man. There's a storm. Oh, I was seeing it was either you or somebody else who had tweeted out like a picture of like a storm, like what I need to see in season two. There's a whole beautiful scene that takes place during a storm. There's multiple, but the storm is Kate's biggest fear. Mm. And so it's, it's that story of two people who are both so damaged finding the one person that they can, they feel comfortable enough to share their trauma with because Kate also does not share that trauma with her family Mm. because she's the eldest and she feels that responsibility to hold everything together. So just, you know that couple, because we've had multiple ships that are like that, of the two people that just only together is where they can find that perfect balance and happiness and healing. I love that so much. Okay, I don't know much about, I know obviously they get together, but I know like he's courting her younger sister, right? Mm -hmm. So- And she's like, I don't really trust you. And he's like, well, I've changed, blah, blah, blah. And then chaos ensues. Chaos, pure chaos. Because he gets a taste of his own medicine with somebody calling his rakish out. (laughs) His rake with a capital R reputation and not letting him do the thing that he wants to do. And it makes him want it even more. He's not interested in her sister. There's literally a scene where he they they're alone together and I think they share like two words. And that's another thing that this book constantly talks about is the contentment that Anthony has with her, which he does not have in this season. Mm-hmm. Notice my guy's constantly on edge. But with Kate, even while they're both plotting the other's murder, <laughs> there's somehow a sense of ease there. Interesting. So I saw a gif from New Girl, Nick's character. He's like saying, stop saying mean things to me or I swear I'm going to fall in love with you and making that comparison between Anthony and Kate. And so I'm like, oh, this is great. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. It's just, she steps on his boots. She claws his knee. How dare she? She sends him to the lake. And that's the thing, this, the, the Palm Mall objective is to send Anthony to the lake. That matters more than sending your ball through the wickets. And their game of Palm Mall, which is basically croquet, if I'm not mistaken. That's is what it just, looks like. Yeah, unruly chaos. But that is their objective, to somehow make sure that Anthony loses and ends up in the lake, fetching his ball. Oh my goodness. Was there like a childhood like basis to this where this gate where the palm all came from or was it just this is what we're doing this year no they it's a game that they always played there's a whole thing with they never found the red ball because Daphne lost it I believe Mm -hmm. so it's just chaos this game is they and I'm sure they all played because there's a whole thing with even numbers and there were one once upon a time eight balls and eight mm-hmm. wickets which they all lost but during this game it's not the whole sibling it's, it's Daphne Simon Colin Anthony Edwina who's Kate's sister and Kate. okay and everyone's just there watching Kate and Anthony kill each other 
It's glorious. And Colin absolutely knows. So that's also going to be so much fun to see because we got a really naive, innocent side of Colin. Whereas in this book, Colin is just like, you hate my brother? Cool, 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 cool. Maybe you should meet my brother. And then literally goes and tells Anthony, oh, this girl cannot stop saying good things about you. When that's the polar opposite, she's shat on him continuously. And he just introduces them. Amazing. Which, okay, want to say real quick, one more thing about season one. I was so frustrated with Colin, sweet summer child. You needed to go to Greece. No offense to lovely Marina, but I was like, my dude, I just need you to go to Greece. I need you not to make any poor decisions right now. So I was very relieved when that whole thing fell through. So, oh, okay. This, I swear, we're going to get right back to Kate and Anthony. I swear. But do you feel any less about Penelope knowing that she outed Marina via Whistledown? No, not even a little bit. Because she tried. She Mm -hmm. tried to get her to come clean. Marina knew that she had feelings for Colin. And I hate that scene with her saying, you're nothing but, like, this is nothing but a fantasy. And he doesn't see you as anything more than his little sister. And when she said Hyacinth, I, like, lost it. Mm -hmm. So, no, I think that Penelope tried her hardest to get Marina to come clean. And she didn't. And that scene in in episode six where she just breaks down in Eloise's arms. Mm-hmm. You know at that very moment that this is the hardest thing Penelope has ever had to do. This is yeah. the hardest article she's written. And in the past, like she she's insulted her family. She's insulted herself because really if she didn't, it would be very obvious that Whistledown is a Featherington. So absolutely. Like you have to keep your cover. So you have to like bag on your family sometimes even more than you need to just to be like it's really not us guys don't even look this way definitely not yeah so I think she tried her best to get Marina to come clean about the pregnancy she even tried to tell Colin that she was in love and I don't blame her she's Mm -hmm. also 17 and as much as you know she brought harm to her family she was still looking out for her friend Mm -hmm. and the man she loves she actually does love him she genuinely does so I did not see her as anything less. I was just, you made a mistake that, and she knows she did. She did. She's not happy about it. Mm-hmm. So. So after the reveal for me, I was like, oh, that's so good. It makes me love Penelope more. And then I had to sit and think about it for a second. Like, huh, wait a second. She, she totally used whistle down to like call out Marina. Ugh, I feel bad about that. But it is like you said, like she is a 17 year old, you know, she, asked marina she tried to tell colin like she went through all of her resources before she had to pull the trigger on that so i still love penelope she's still my favorite character but i did have a moment of "Ah, penelope you could have like no you didn't need to do that but then she it wouldn't have played out the way that it did so but also they were literally going to Gretna Green the next day. Yeah. If this, if they were still engaged and they were getting married, I don't know, two months time, one week time, she would have probably found another way. Mm-hmm. But she had to act quick because they were going to get married right away. 
Yeah. No one was going to know about it. Who was going to believe Penelope if she said they're off to get married? Yeah, they'd be like, but yeah, agreed. It's hard to do that, I think. And Colin would hate her guts. There's also that. Like, he would be so upset by that, too. Everyone would just be more upset with her, I feel like, Mm -hmm. than the two people that should not be eloping right now because your children, please sit down. It's like, calm down. Just take a chill pill. Go to Greece. corner. It's fine. (laughs) Okay, now back to to Kate and Anthony. I figured I should go ahead and ask while I was on the brain because you were talking about Colin and something that I desperately want to see in season two is more of the brothers dynamics with each other. Like, I feel like there was some of that there. And I actually liked Benedict and Eloise's. Oh, that was glorious. That was fantastic. I was like, if it wasn't for Eloise and Penelope, I'd say Eloise and Benedict were one of my favorite, like, friendships. So, you know. And they end up living close together in the future. Oh, good. They're kind of very isolated from the family since they live, like, in the countryside. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that they have each other, especially having this dynamic. That makes me all the more happy. Yay. I love love the things that I'm going to look forward to. There's so much good stuff. I can't wait till you read these books. I well you you and one of my coworkers, uh Filiana Ng, who she's been on here before, y'all will be my first uh message once I have the book in my hands. Yes. After I read certain scenes, after I finish the book, I will probably call you up and be like, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and then you know, incoherent noises and it'll be great. It's gonna be glorious. Okay. So before we got on this uh we recorded this podcast. One thing that I was looking through online, and I'm sure you will be the perfect person to explain this to me. There's really no dream casting out there for Kate Sheffield. And I have a feeling it's because like people love this character so much. Like there is a lot, there's a lot of expectation in this character that like this is no small feat to cast her. And so like, I had written a question like, oh, what's your dream casting for this? But I'm realizing more and more, like, I don't think you can dream cast her because like, there's already so much on her plate that she has to embody and do that to even come close with somebody in our heads right now is just like an insurmountable task. Like, you love this character so much. Like, what is it gonna take to convey like Kate Sheffield well and do you have a dream casting like do you have anybody in mind I do I'm so surprised you didn't see where were you searching I checked Twitter tags I've checked different articles like why is everybody freaking out about Kate trust me I did my research I tried to do my research I could not find anything so from it looks like one of the biggest dream casts like fan casts that I've seen from long ago because there's edits and stuff is I haven't actually seen her in anything so I have no clue who she is or what she's in I believe her name is Cy Bennett that's who the oh. fan wanted for a really long time mm-hmm. um I do think we have confirmation that she is going to be a woman of color mm-hmm. which I'm so excited about because if she wasn't 
we would not have that many. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's only one character that I'm like, please do not cast a woman of color. She has to be white because otherwise the story could border on the white savior trope. And that's just, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. So my dream cast for Kate, which is not going to happen, but for me the past, like, I don't know, since like March that I've been rereading, I've been picturing Naomi Scott. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, but she's, I doubt we're going to get her. But I think I've seen, I don't know her name from The Witcher. I've seen a few people want her. Oh, gosh, what is her name? Did you watch The Witcher? No, I didn't. Oh, I did. That was a fun weekend. Something with an A, I think. Are you talking about um, Anya Charlotte, who Probably. played Yennefer? Yes. Yeah. So I've seen a few, few people suggest her. And then I also had another thought. Uh, her name's Aisha Hart. She's on, um, I think it's, I think that's how you say it. From, uh, she's on A Discovery of Witches now. Um, oh, Discovery of Witches, a show I really need to watch. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. I trust them. There, there's not many things that obviously I can speak with with 100% confidence at this point because mm-hmm. it's only been one. But I trust the casting department with every fiber of my being because there's not a single character that isn't to the T of how I imagined them. So I'm sure that whoever they cast as Kate will be the perfect person to have the necessary chemistry with Jonathan Bailey Mm -hmm. and to be able to bring the characters layers to life, all of them, the sass, the, the compassion, all of it. So I trust them in that area. I just need them to hurry up so I can reread the book again with that person in mind. (laughs) (laughs) I like those a lot. I was, I mean, I wrote down some dream casting of mine, but I'm realizing now a lot of these are a bit older because I was thinking, oh, she's going to be in her, close to her thirties. No, she's not. So a lot of actors are though. So 30 year old can work. A 30 year old can work. Um, I was thinking someone like Frida Pinto or Tallulah Riley, who she played Mary Bennett in Pride and Prejudice. I would love that little tie-in. I love Angel Colby from Merlin BBC. She played Gwen. I think she'd be too old for the character, but I loved her so much in that show. And I'm like, any reason to bring her back in would be amazing, but... And then one more person I thought of was Adelaide Kane, who is in the CW show Rain. She's not so British. She, Wait, she, what? She is. She is British. I think she's off. But she's the one who actually confirmed that she tried to audition and they are looking for a woman of color. Oh, okay. So, okay. So bless her for her unofficial confirmation of this. Yeah, for real. So thanks, Adelaide. I still want you to do great stuff, but yeah. Cannot wait to stand whoever it is that they cast. Just tell me who. Yeah. And honestly, I think at this point now, 
I am, well, A, I trust their casting because clearly I didn't know a lot about these people coming in. And now I'm like, I can't see anybody else playing these people. But also like, I do like the idea of an unknown or like lesser known actress, Mm -hmm. like stepping into this role and really embodying this beloved character, Mm -hmm. you know? when it's an established actress we put in our own expectations of like Mm -hmm. what we've seen them in oh I don't think they can pull off this aspect of the character like we bring in our own expectations whereas when we have someone unknown there is the opportunity to be like they clearly saw something in this person that conveys like they can do this and they have the chemistry to bring the story to life I cannot even begin to tell you how impressed I am with Jonathan Bailey. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about him. I knew that he was in some theater stuff and I listened to him sing and my life changed after that. Never listen to them sing when you know that they can. Mm. It's just, it's the worst. You fall down that dumpster and there's no getting out of it. But- Oh, I remember, I remember those days. Anthony well. is such a beloved character to me. I rarely like male characters as much as I love Anthony. Mm-hmm. So- the way that he has brought him to life just exceeded all my expectations so much. It's insane. And going in, I didn't know any of them really, but Nicola, I believe, is probably the only person that, yeah. I feel like there's one more person, but I'm suddenly blanking. But yeah, I had no idea. And they all, it's, it's exactly how I pictured I'm very impressed with their casting department. I'm very impressed with what they've been able to do so far. And it can only go up from here. Like as long as they adapt this book well, this can go on for quite some time. And, but I think in particular, this season two is the most important for fans of these books. Like this is the one. I feel no like pressure, Shondaland, but, you know. Season two and four are the most beloved. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for those, they have to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The rest can change. Because, again, I'm happy that they changed the Duke and I. Because it, it is the one book that most people were like, yeah, that's, that's, that's not my favorite. So if they made me like the one book that I did not like, I do trust that they'll do a good job with the books I loved. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel like they know with everyone constantly tweeting them, hounding them about who Kate is. Oh yeah. They know how beloved this story is. And she's really the only casting we have that everyone's so eager with. The others, of course we still are, but I feel like there's something different about Kate. Mm-hmm. There's just something about Kate. She's Viscountess Bridgerton. It's, she gets a title. Gotta she- do right by her. She gets the title and then she has like the reputation there too. Like I've seen it. She's got to be a badass. She's got to have the sass, but she's got to be able to shed the layers back too. And because she is so loving. And that's the thing with Kate. That's so amazing is that she has a heart of gold. Like she is perfect to be Lady Bridgerton, but she can also grill him need be. But she's the warmest person. The way that she loves her sister is 
unreal. And that's one of the things that everyone is just hoping to God that they don't create some kind of a weird, like, uh, they are um, half sisters, Mm. but create any weird hate or jealousy or anything like that, because it does not exist. She loves her sister more than anything. She would lay down her life for her sister at any moment. Man, this sounds a lot like Angelica and Eliza Schuyler. Their dynamic is just beautiful. And even the dynamic she has with her stepmother is beautiful. You don't see that often where a stepmother and stepdaughter love each other this much. And there's no animosity. There's nothing that's gross. Or I like my biological daughter more than you. It's just beautifully done. So I really hope they leave that untouched. I feel like they'd have a lot of angry fans if that changed in any way, but I doubt they would do that. Yeah. As you have mentioned, I have no doubt that the people in charge of the show and the series know how important this is and how important Kate is to them and to be able to show those dynamics as they actually are and not just for the sake of drama. So no drama, storylines, ratings, we get it. But also, no, don't do it. Please, no. Netflix, I don't think you listen to this, but just saying, don't do it. We also get a very similar storyline in season three, which is a Cinderella storyline. So we already have the crappy stepmother, stepsisters. We don't, we don't need any changes to this. Mm-hmm. Leave one as is. It's fine. It's fine. I'm so glad we got to do this. I feel so out of my league doing this because obviously I haven't read the books, but I know uh, which by the, again, by the next time we do this, I will have read the books. Um, I will not sign on if you haven't. (laughs) I will reject your. Full disclosure. I love it. Full disclosure. I will reject you. You know what? I appreciate that honesty and that accountability. So I'm co-signed but for that. Now you have to read the book. Imagine you hate it. Oh my God, it would crush me. No, I'm kidding. I text you and be like, I hate it. Dot, dot, dot. I don't like this. And I then I'll say. It doesn't. So. I hate dot, dot, dot. And underneath the, the way I love this book so much, you know, I'll, that, I'll tease valid. you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are, the thing with these books is there are some problematic elements especially reading in the 21st century and you're just like, don't, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. But, but they go there. And even with the series, as you're watching, you're just kind of like, I, as much as I love this time and as much as I want to go to these balls, I do not want to be living in this time. No. Having to excuse these actions because they did not know any better. Did you ever watch Lost in Austin? No, I don't think so. I've seen Austin land. Okay, so kind of like Austin Land, but di- more fantastical take on it. Uh, this modern day woman uh, finds herself inside the story of Pride and Prejudice and Elizabeth Bennett. They like switch places. So she's in, in Pride and Prejudice. It's great. It's cheesy. She's like, where, what do you mean you don't have a toothbrush? Or like, what do you mean? basic hygiene and so she gets back into London and she's like the first thing she does she like brushes her teeth for like 10 minutes and I'm like yep that's the selling point for me I don't want to be stuck in Regency era without like basic modern healthcare in place you know yep just there's so many things that go into it that I'm like "Eh, eh, I'll come to a ball 
Oh, I'll do some line dancing. What are you talking about? I will go to some dances, all right? Yeah, that's about it. Then I get to go home to my modern life, please. Please and thank you. To the people who enjoy Bridgerton but really want the more in-depth look at the series, the books, like clearly I'm not your person for this, but Gisany here, she has this wonderful podcast that she's doing right now called Lady Geek Society. And can you tell uh, tell my listeners more about it, like what to expect from it? And uh, you're you're not fully done with each episode, correct? I think no. So yeah, we are doing this weekly. We have all the episodes recorded. I'm just posting it weekly because I just don't want the Bridgerton hype to die down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's an extension of Marvelous Geeks. And it's still on Marvelous Geeks, but everything has changed temporarily. And now we're Lady Geeks. We'll be back to Marvelous Geeks after that's over. But before each season, I'm we're waiting for Kate to be cast. Mm-hmm. So that when we do the full Viscount Who Loved Me, what we expect, all that jazz, what scenes we need. I just want to make sure we have Kate cast in that. So that'll come after. And then again, each episode's. It's just a full-on review of all of them. And there are spoilers to some of the books because there's like a really huge Easter egg in the season finale that we couldn't ignore, for example. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's there are, that's, that's what Lady Geeks is, just talking about Bridgerton episode by episode because otherwise we'd have like an eight-hour podcast in one. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting though that you go like, taking the time to like go episode by episode and to give proper recognition to like different moments that happen because there was a lot that actually happened in season one and we barely scratched the surface on a lot of it. So I think that's such a great way to keep people engaged and like also allow other people to listen and be like, oh, I missed that detail. Or, you know what? That was a great part of this episode. Or, ooh, this was still like a problem for me. And being able to engage in that way, I think is so important. So I'm so glad that you are doing this. And I hope for your sake that the Kate uh, casting comes soon. So you're able to record that episode and like in its full glory and to go back and reread The Viscount Who Loved Me with this actress in mind. And not lose my sanity trying to figure it out every single time on my own. For your sanity, we care so much. For mine and God knows how many people on the internet that are just... I don't, I've never been a part of something like this, which is also very interesting to Mm -hmm. to care about someone's casting so much. I don't think I've ever cared this much, even with like past adaptations. I was just like, oh, whoever they cast, they cast. Mm -hmm. But with this, I'm just like, I need her now. I mean, I can't even say the last time I was this invested in like the casting of a character and I love a lot of different stuff but usually I'm just like it's fine any casting I have in mind they'll probably do something better you know no big deal again I trust them to do whoever it is even if I have no clue who she is Mm -hmm. I trust that she's going to embody Kate perfectly but this weight feels like forever Mm mm-hmm I have a feeling that she's already been cast, honestly. I I think the cast is, 
I don't mean, think the whole cast knows, but Jonathan no, I, I think Jonathan Bailey knows. He knows. I, yeah, you can tell like the glint man does not have face. a poker face. No, he does not. But we love that. We respect that. I'm excited for him. I'm excited that he'll get to do so much more in season two. And yeah, he gets to like really lean into this. He gets to smile and laugh. And I can't wait for him and his stupid mutton chops. (laughs) Can't forget about the mutton chops. I think I'm in the minority. I actually really like the mutton chops. They work for him. No, I, I was not disagreeing with you. I saying that playfully, but yeah, like he can rock them well, you know? Sometimes. No, so many people don't like them. It's so funny. I'm just like, keep the mutton chops, please. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to see his character smile. Well, I'm happy to see you smile and talk about all of this. Where can people find your podcast and all of your episode reviews character analyses because i have seen the ones that you've posted or at least that you've tweeted out and i feel like i can't do them justice until i read the books where can people find these and like have their feels just soar so my twitter i'm on uh gisana sofia and then marvelous geeks media is where everything's at and then the podcast is still marvelous geeks but when you even if you enter lady geeks it comes up because it's a weird extension thing I did. I don't even know what I did. But Marvelous Geeks podcast is now Lady Geeks temporarily. I will include both names in the description. So no matter what, everyone can find it. Yay. And always you can find me at Meredith Loftus and the podcast's new Twitter handle, which is at fangirl forum pod yes i know so exciting it is i know i have had it sitting on private for a long time but by the time this episode is published it will have been out for i want to say a week so please go follow at fangirl forum pod on twitter please and thank you i may or may not be working on an Instagram account as well. Let's see how my, how I can emotionally handle it, but at least, you know, we're, we're trying something new and I'm excited about it. Yay. I'm I'm literally going to go do that right after we end this. Yes. Thank you so much, uh, everybody for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day. See you next time. Bye.